Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Ronay, Doctor of Clinical Psychology and Trauma Specialist. Dr. Ronay Calvert is Executive Director of Live Treatment Concierge Services. Live Treatment provides a unique wraparound approach of concierge services in person and virtually, specifically tailored to each client with a level of effectiveness that transcends any other program. In her daily experience of guiding clients to recovery and emotional freedom, Dr. Renee Calvert gets real to shed light on subjects that have remained in the shadows with courage and compassion. Joined by Bindi Height, international spiritual coach and mentor from Ethical Change Agency, with the mission to inspire change makers and holistic healers to create collective change to make the world a better place through the power of human connection, purpose, and podcasts. It's time to get real. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Bindi. I have another special guest for you today. Uh, his name is uh, Kingsley Moyo. He's coming to us all the way from Edmonton in Canada. He's a relationship and sex therapist that works with individuals and couples who feel stuck and need more in life. He works within a framework of helping individuals and couples heal from relationship wounds and exploring any family of origin issues that have followed along the way. His counselling work is trauma-informed and anti with anti-oppression agenda, and his passion is getting individuals and couples who feel hopeless and need more in life. Welcome, Kingsley. Thank you, Bindi. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Renee, for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Moyo, for being here. We're so excited to have you. I am so impressed by the work that you do and the passion that you have for your work. Um, and I'm really excited to hear about your approach and the reason why you began this journey into doing the work that you do. What was your calling? Yeah, that's that's been long in the making. It really started off with the uh, the family as the core of any community. If uh, relationships in the family are broken, it means productivity at work is is messed up. It means that um, um, academic pursuits are messed up. Children development is messed up. So if we really wanted to go back and, and kind of work this thing backwards, we would need to go back to where it starts. So in the home. So that was the family unit. And I thought to myself, okay, where do you impact the most? And then it became on the parental level. So from the parental level, that's where my passion began to grow. How do you help couples really, really, really zone in on some of the challenges that they're facing? And one of the things that really stuck out for me was sex. Sex is an integral part of who we are. We are sexual beings. No life, no experience, no journey, no, nothing can be isolated on its own without having to not having to have sex included in there. And of course, I love sex. <laughs> amen, to, amen to that. Um, I recently had um, a baby shower uh, right. that I hosted. And one of the questions that was asked as a bonus question, bonus mm -hmm. round, was what, what advice would you offer the new mother? And the advice that I had to offer was, do not forget that you are lovers and partners first. You are, you are parents, you are mommy and daddy, but do not lose the passion that brought this, this new life into the world. 
And if you have the choice between being exhausted and cooking, order in and make love on the kitchen counter. That was honest to God, my advice. <laughs> so um, that's I because that's I, real. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I believe that it's so easy to, at least for me and the clients that I've seen, we can get trapped in whatever title we give ourselves, not just as parents, but, you know, workers among workers, you know, um, whatever it is, we can, we can just kind of lose touch with ourselves and what I think is so important about the work that you do, as you said, it begins, it begins with the family unit, is we really can't heal ourselves from relationship wounds outside of relationships. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a tagline that I use quite a lot when I have conversation, whatever I do, workshops, seminars, relationships shape our identity. Mm-hmm. This idea sometimes that I hear quite often that I don't need anybody. Uh, I need my time. I need to be alone. But we're communal beings. We're relational beings. We heal in community. And I think there's some significant depth that possibly we have lost in trying to isolate somebody to be on their own and say, go get your healing all alone. I'm on this journey on my own. But you forget that there's a brother, there's a cousin, there's an intimate partner. All of these pour into your lives. I'm with you on that, Renee. I'm with you. Yeah, I really, I really think that, you know, being, you know, communication, connection, connection, really, with other human beings. It's not about being perfect. It's about being connected. And I think connection and communication are integral to basically everything we do in every relationship we have. And I've seen so many clients, I've walked so many clients through the idea of who they are in relationship. And I asked them when their last, you know, intimate relationship was, and they say, well, it ended terribly. It was five years ago. Mm. And I say, well, how the hell are you supposed to know who you are in relationship now? Because you can't look in the mirror and have a relationship with, you can't, obviously the most relationship, the most important relationship we have is with ourselves, but we can't really know how we show up or how we are seen in the world or what we can contribute or, or what someone else can contribute to our lives unless we are actually interacting and allowing ourselves to grow within a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just want to speak to somebody possibly is listening and thinking I was hurt in a relationship. Why are you Renee and Kingsley trying to tell me to go back into a relationship? I mean, we want to acknowledge that there is harm stay away from harm. If you have been abused, sexual abused, physical abused, whatever kind of abuse that you have heard had in the past. In fact, if you're having it right now, get out and go get help. Uh, And I think- Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and go get help. And so while we still say that, go in into a relationship, it doesn't necessarily have to be an intimate relationship. Could be a friend could be your mom, could be your brother, could be whoever, that's still a relationship that gives you something. That's right. So Kingsley, that's right, I want to ask, um, how do you know when you need a sex therapist? And, and what, do you, what do you actually do with people uh, when they're in therapy to talk about sex? It's interesting, Bean, do you ask that question because I get several calls, uh, people calling me and saying, uh, I didn't see a catalogue. <laughs> of who I choose. Um, yep. And sometimes I'm listening to the call and I'm talking with them. I'm, I'm getting the sense that no. So they're asking me, so what's your pricing scale? Um, what's your catalog? And I'm like, no, no, it's not that kind of sex therapy. <laughs> this is not sex surrogate. It is sex therapy. <laughs> sex therapy is, um, is talk therapy, if you want to put it. Um, how do you know? Let's start with that. How do you know you need sex therapy? There are really three indicators that one needs to pay attention to. If you're beginning to feel discomfort, if you're beginning to feel resentment, and if you begin to feel shame or guilt around the word sex or sexuality, it means that you need to go talk to a sex therapist. Um, I love that. 
I love that. I agree with that a thousand percent. And I think that it's such a concise and precise way of someone being able to identify what they need and why they need it without shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes people tend to think that um, I only need sex therapy when there is a problem. No, mm. you want to move on to 2.0 sex in your life, 3.0 sex in your life. It's okay. Come see a sex therapist. We can talk and polish up a few things uh, here and there. Think about it. When you buy a new car, you always take it in for an oil change. Is it broken? No. Mm. You want to keep running smooth. What about the relationship? What about sex? And what, wanna... what does sex 3.0 look like? <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be uh, really sex is defined by the people inside. Mm. One of the interesting things is when, when you come and you sit down with me, I don't tell you how to have sex, what positions to have and all that stuff. No, I work with your goals. Mm. And while I work with your goals, I open up your eyes to see, hey, that goal could be moved a little bit beyond what you were thinking. I like it when people get to those aha moments like, ah, <laughs> we didn't really think about that. So, so those are some of the things you want to do, the discomfort, the resentment, guilt or shame. And when you come in for sex therapy, uh, Bindi, um, 60 to 70% of the stuff that we're dealing with is psychological. Mm. 30 to 40% is physiological, where the body parts are not working uh, and all that stuff. And usually for that, I collaborate. I can't do everything. There's medical experts, urologist, OBGY, um, uh, oncologist, if cancer has been involved. Um, um, uh, Renee is a trauma specialist. Um, there's depth that you can go and get in there. So those are the two sides that I do. Obviously, I have to get an assessment. Let's mm. find out what has been your sex life been? What have you been up to? Uh, what have you tried? What haven't you tried? Really assess your relationship to your body. It's interesting. The easiest question you could ask is around uh, um, sex is um, when you stand in front of a mirror, what do you see? You'll be surprised the questions that you hear. Talk about masturbation. When you masturbate, what is it like? What do you feel after that? Disgust? What, what is it that you feel? So it's an assessment of your relationship to sex with your body. Mm. It's, it's huge, but those are some of the things that we can begin to get in there to kind of pull it apart. So starting with that's, the self. That's so essential because, mm. I mean, if you have shame or disgust around self-love, right? Because masturbation is a form of self-love. It really is. Um, and if you have disgust about that, then to share that with a partner is, you know, my God, the level of vulnerability that that takes and the resentment that you may feel, or the guilt that you may feel and the different ways that may act itself out within the relationship. And when I heard you say, you know, I look forward to, and I'm paraphrasing now that aha moment, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like for me, it's like you move people to, from aha to, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, I mean, I honestly, couldn't have put it better, Renee. <laughs> You know, I could, I, yeah, I'm gonna steal that one. That's, that's the whole idea, right? It's like it's like there's yeah. aha, and then there's oh yeah, baby. You know? yeah. That, that, that's that's the idea for me. That's the 3.0, right? Just when you go from the aha moment, it opens up to the oh yeah <laughs> moment, you know. That's and I think so. 2.0 is aha moment. Mm -hmm. 3.0 is aha. Yeah, <laughs> I got it now. Thank you, thank you for that clarification. That was, that was, that was, that was a duo right mm -hmm. there that you just saw, just mm. so you know. Um, Life but, is complete. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I think that, you know, one of the things I would want to, to ask you, Kingsley, is, you know, there's, there's such a way of defining problems within oneself, right? Like, you know, for married couples, especially parents, maybe not even parents, people who have whatever backgrounds they have, they don't have to be traumatized. It can be just their own belief system around sex. It can be whatever, you know, it goes from everything to the 
I mean, I remember back in the day, we're going way back now to like, you know, don't have sex before the third date or you're a slut mm. kind of a thing. You know, there's all of these, there's, there's all of these kind of rules and regulations that are placed around sex. And I feel like so many of us, and I say us because I really feel like as human beings, that's really where we connect with our clients, understanding that we're human too, is that we are always faced with these kinds of, these kinds of like parameters that we're supposed to live up to, you know, these ideals that we're supposed to live, live up to. Like if you're not having sex this many times a week, there's something wrong with your relationship, you know? And I feel like, you know, for me, you know, working with trauma, working with the type of clients that I work with, I feel like it's so important for them to define what feels right to them. How do you handle that from a sexual perspective? I mean, when someone comes to you and says, you know, I, for me, sex is, you know, I want to have sex three times a day and you have their partner and their partner is like, I do not, you know, how do you kind of, I mean, that's a, that's a relationship question. We're really talking about more than sex here. We're talking about the way that someone defines intimacy and connection. And it may look very different for, for each person in the relationship. So can you kind of give maybe even an example of, of without, of course, in total confidentiality, but how do you walk somebody through understanding what their, their normal is or that what they consider their goal for sex or their goal for intimacy and relationship. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is acceptable, not only acceptable, but is, is to be acknowledged, revered, and respected by, you know, validated. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how, do you, how do you work with that? Yeah, uh, it's a common thing, and uh, uh, mismatched couple desires is something that mm. I really work with a lot. And um, stereotyping a little bit, you generally find that men have a higher sex drive than women. But now with the uh, 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 the sexual revolution, where we are discovering that uh, women as well can have a higher sex drive, they can enjoy sex much more. There is there is this equilibrium that is being reached uh being reached now whereby we are all capable and able to be able to experience sex the same way one of the things one of the words that you used and i use that quite a bit in my in my sessions normal i normalize sex talk i normalize your desire to have uh sex multiple times i normalize because what happens is when a couple is like that uh the other partner will tend to shame the other partner in order to behaving right by giving them sex. And the other partner would shame the other partner for desiring so much sex in order to get the result they desire of having them reduce their desire of sex. Mm-hmm. So right there, the other person is saying, you are wrong, you are wrong. Um, so I started by beginning to say, hey, let's, let's normalize this thing. If y'all thirsty, that's okay. You're thirsty. Keep wanting your three times. You, 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 you are fine like that. But if you uh, don't want it that much, that's okay too. Then I like to take, take some steps back. I take a systematic approach in, in all of these issues. I usually tell my couples, when you come into this room, um, your grandma, your uncles, everybody, your school teacher, your, your siblings, your whole family is sitting in here. Because I believe in that statement, relationships shape your identity. Whatever you learned about sex came from somewhere. And your family of origin tends to be the one that pours into that. And then we start looking at limiting beliefs. The person who does not want a lot of sex, what is the limiting belief? Am I too fat? Am I unlovable? Mm. Um, um, Am I undesirable? Um, What is it exactly that's going on? Um, is it stress at work? 
um, what's really happening for them. I'm not even talking about the the the, the organs penetrating each other. Or no, the, no. Right You're talking about the person. Yeah, You're talking I'm not about the person. Me. The barriers that stand in their way that are, that are their own barriers, their own their own beliefs about themselves. I relate so heavily to that. Being a woman in recovery from eating disorder, you know, I I you know my intimacy was so based on for a long time. Uh, you know, a sexual partner of mine might have felt that they were not desired. Mm. It was not. It was not that. It was that I did not consider myself desirable enough right. to 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 expose myself. Mm-hmm. And they're 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 looking at me, going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" If you're just, can you please take off your clothes? You know. And I'm looking at myself, going, "What the heck? I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror. How would I want to expose myself to you?" And that was real for you. It was so real. And there was pain around that. And I would imagine somebody probably dismissed that and it made you even hide away. And all of that, actually, it's like a domino effect. With all of those limiting beliefs that are present there, you'll begin to realize there's erectile dysfunction, Um, low desire, uh, no orgasms, painful pain during sex you probably have dealt this from a trauma standpoint vaginismus we call it in this fancy term but it's really painful sex and and, and, then even so on that's when we begin to say okay now we begin to work with the organs uh penetrating rubbing before we even go there as i mentioned that 70 30 that 60 40 split is really what's at the core and i i've i've discovered this I've discovered this. Many couples, their goal for sex is either pregnancy or orgasm. Mm. And by doing that, they miss the full picture and the richness of sex. The goal of sex is pleasure. Oh, I love that. And that's where we get to the, aha, the 3.0. Because if you, the goal is orgasm, and you have a partner who reaches orgasm faster, the other one is frustrated. Or if you have a partner who has a low desire, they never reach orgasm, or they have erectile dysfunction, it's just going to be a mess. But if we say it's pleasure, the organs don't need to penetrate. They could just rub, and there can be pleasure. There could be just play, and there could be pleasure. So that's how I generally work with couples. Um, I know people are coming and saying, sex therapy, we're going to be talking about about sex all through and through. No, I'm talking about your grandma. I'm talking about your mom. I'm talking about your dad. Do, do you even know that your parents had sex? Is that, was it a mystery? <laughs> was it normalized? What is it like for you? How did you learn about sex? So that's, that's generally how I, I approach it. And that's no one way size. There's no one size that fits all. But overly, I weave through using some of these things. I love that you say that the end goal is always pleasure because if it's not, that's where the anxiety comes in, isn't it? Yes. Performance. I got to perform. I got to perform. I got to last this long. And by the way, newsflash for men, if you are lasting anywhere between five to seven uh, minutes, you are among the normal men. You don't need to last 50 minutes or 40 minutes or 30 minutes. You are among the normal men. Uh, and by the way, for those that are out there, your penis does not need to be huge and long in order for you to pleasure your partner. No, it is the girth that actually makes a difference. Let me liberate somebody. You slash. I, so, <laughs> I so appreciate you saying that. I'm actually, you know, I don't even know where this is coming from, to be honest with you. But, you know, when you when you just said, you know, the goal of sex is pleasure. I found myself just tearing up Mm. thinking about the number of people, Mm. including myself at a younger age, you know, a much younger me that was so misinformed that carried so much generational trauma along with me that, you know, it, that it was supposed to look a certain way or, you know, whatever. And, you know, when you say your grandma's in the room, your, your school teacher's in the room, whatever the case may be. Um, I can't remember what movie it was, uh, but there was an actual movie about intimacy and sex. And they actually showed like the different um, people in the bed with the couple. 
And it was so interesting <laughs> to me because I, I pictured that just now as you were talking. And in my mind, you know, I have had to eradicate so many horrible messages about sex and sensuality that did not belong to me, about my own body that didn't belong to me. And that I think is such such a pivotal point in the work that I do is that I would never ask somebody to walk through something for the sake of, hey, work on yourself so that you can come out the other side realizing everything that's wrong about you. It's walk, work on yourself so you can realize everything that's right about you. And yeah. when you say about, you know, that sex is about pleasure, there are so many couples or even single people that I work with that miss that point. Mm. That feel like if they can't bring their partner to climax, regardless of what issue the partner may have, physically, psychologically, whatever, they take that on and they own that as their own and they're missing the point entirely. That the idea of sex and sensuality and intimacy is connection, but it's also that it be pleasurable. So if you've got yourself in a state of anxiety, whether it's pregnancy or orgasm, whatever it, whatever it may be, you know, then it's I orgasm too quickly. I didn't mm. orgasm quickly enough, you know, and I can't speak on behalf of other, you know, uh, mostly heterosexual women out there. But if a man were to last 60 minutes, I think I'd die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, think, I, I mean, I think I would just have to call it quits at a certain point and just say, you know what, babe? Whatever you need to do for you is cool. You do you. I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, you do you. I'm okay. Yeah, let's let's just take care of you right now because at this point, it's painful. And that's not, you know, that's not the goal. But I think that so many people miss, I think that so many people miss the goal. That they'll just keep going at something, even if it is painful, because they think that the goal is I need to do something that results in this. This, this conclusion, whatever this conclusion is, and they miss the whole joy of the process, right? Yeah. It's, it's the journey, not the destination, you know? Yeah. And I feel like once people, you know, I've heard over and over again from people, I'm not sure, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like old wives tales in a way. There's no scientific proof of this, right? But I've heard over and over again and experienced in my own relationship with clients and close friends of mine that they've been trying to get pregnant forever and they just had all this pressure on themselves that's what they were supposed to do and the minute that they stopped they they were just like you know what I don't think it's in the cards for us yes they make love and they get pregnant yeah it's so amazing because you can see the mind body connection and how you actually block yourself, how that anxiety that you carry, how that trauma that you carry, how that belief system that you carry actually blocks your goals from becoming true instead of just allowing it to become a natural process. And, and, and I think you can, you can speak more to this, uh, Renee. Um, sometimes when we go through sex, because we have been taught or we have learned it from social media or improper education, mm. we don't realize that we are traumatizing ourselves over and over by being in positions or, do, or doing sex even when we're not in the right space. When you are having sex, when you're in a position or in a place of anxiety where the goal is just orgasm, you're going and you're going and maybe it's delayed ejaculation for somebody. And they're going and going and going. They are no longer in the pleasure mode. They are in their head. They are not even looking at for the heterosexual couple. They are not even looking at their their, their partner or uh, for a gay couple. They are not even looking at their partner. They are in their head. They are just looking at their penis and say, okay, am I going to ejaculate? When is it going to ejaculate? Imagine that happening over and over and over and over. Now, if the partner says or makes initiation to have sex, they run away. 
Because the whole idea of having sex is traumatic. Mm -hmm. And people don't even realize that. And they don't even realize that that's not even the goal that their partner may have for them. But that's the goal that they set up for themselves. Pleasure, people. Pleasure. Pleasure is what we're after. Pleasure. Pleasure. If we pause for a moment and say, let's have pleasure, um, it transforms your sex life. Mm. And and one of the things that we were talking about earlier was the difference between intimacy and sex, and um, that that true connection there to pleasure and to each other is, is really that journey that you would take people on. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's a good way of even packaging it: sex and intimacy. Because sometimes people tend to think that one replaces the other mm. it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not the case you can be intimate with your partner without having to have the sex and here's the interesting thing that i've discovered in doing workshops uh one of the workshops i do is the uh, uh the gottman seven principles of making marriage uh, work uh, i'm a certified workshop on that and in one of those workshops when i do them i ask couples to look at each other and then i ask them to ask each other this question what is sex and then before they ask that question, I say, have you asked each other that question? I kid you not, all the time, 90% of the time, they look at each other and say, hey, we have never asked each other what is sex. They've just assumed mm. what sex is. But there's seven plus billion people. We are all unique and different. We think differently and approach things differently. That part of having to sit down and have the conversation, what is sex for you? Well, when you come and kiss me on the neck, or well, when you uh, uh, take my panties and you do this with them, or when you take me on the kitchen counter, uh, or when we go and we do all these things, that's part of the intimacy, the conversation where you look into each other. The Gottmans like to call it um, making emotional deposits into the bank account, where you're, you're depositing things into the other person, depositing. So that's the intimacy part where you're really connecting beyond rubbing the breast, beyond rubbing the penis, beyond rubbing the clitoris. Beyond that, you're just, you're just there. You're just there. Well, how, the, often, how often is it so much more difficult to speak about than it is to do, Right. We carry on these actions and it's so much harder to ask and to talk about than it is to do it. And we just go into action mode and it's like, man, we are missing the point. The limiting beliefs really come in there. And our normal is based on what we grew up with at home. Think about it. Let's just say a couple is getting married. One is 25 and one is 27 years which means that for 25 years, they have lived with a certain kind of normal. And another person has lived with a certain kind of normal for 27 years. They come together. Whose normal are they going to follow? It's a conflict. Mm. And guess what? Some of the normals that we have from our family of origin is a dysfunctional kind of normal. We want to bring it in. And it's dysfunctional thought process around sex. We won't even talk about sex or this shame around sex and this trauma around sex. We know that with sexual abuse, 90% of, 95% of the time, the sex offender is somebody whom you know, a close friend per- person. And these are people that are carrying trauma from, uh, from, from their uncles and from, from their parents, and they've carried it and never talked about it. Mm-hmm. The shame. And now they're in this relationship, they're trying to figure out why isn't this sex working? Because they're bringing their uncle to bed with them, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. literally, that voice in their head, you know, the, the things that we carry generationally that don't belong to us, the, 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 the messages that we were taught from people who are traumatized in their own ways, and we don't even realize that we've been traumatized, even in hearing about the ways that our parents or grandparents' sex lives went, or what was taboo? We didn't know they exist. We only know that babies came, but how those babies came, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, for, for me personally, I didn't really learn the truth about so many things in my life until I was of a certain age. 
And before then, it was kind of like babies just came from the stork. You know what I mean? And and, and <laughs> I, I I got the talk. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I did. I was like, I have a wonderful mother, and she's amazing and glorious in so many ways. And she would have very very prominent conversations with me. But when it came down to things that were uncomfortable or mm. things that she hadn't experienced herself. It was kind of one of those things where it was just like, you'll know, you'll know. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. And I think that that's, a, there's, there's a truth to that, that you will know. And, and not basing my experience off of her own experience. Right. But there's also, there's also a, a certain taboo that we carry that's passed on generationally, you know, that if a woman has a very high sex drive, stereotypically. Ooh, um, no, no. Yeah, you know, right? for you, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Um, there are so many different ways in which we find to judge ourselves, you know, and there are so many different ways in which, you know, our relationship with ourselves translates into our relationship with another partner. And we don't realize we bring ourselves with us wherever we go. So we're not even asking the right questions because we're afraid to find out the answers. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we don't even know the questions to ask. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. why I love the idea of you having partners look at each other and say, what, what is sex to you? You know, That's what is sex? That, that is really the beginning, Bindi, of uh, talking about intimacy without having to deal with the penetrative portion mm -hmm. side of things. is really being able to connect, knowing your partner's inner world, their hopes and their worries. So when you come to the bed or if it's on the couch, in the car, wherever y'all have sex, wherever it is you have sex, you already know their spots. You mm -hmm. know what will trigger them, what will not trigger them. You know how to touch them to get them to 3.0. Beautiful. And you can't and you can't do that unless you get mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and childhood teacher out of the bedroom or the yeah. car or the kitchen yeah. counter. <laughs> you know, we have to evict some people. Yeah. So we can make, so we can make some room, you know. They're living rent free. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're living rent free and they're they're actually, you know, um, they're blocking what what would be normal intimacy or you know sexuality uh, you know my god how many billboards do we see how many things come in through my spam about you know viagra and this and that and the other thing and i'm not saying it's something that somebody shouldn't use i'm not saying whatever there's nothing to say that somebody who's who, who needs that shouldn't shouldn't utilize that but the idea of somebody having the desire to last eight hours, have they asked their partner whether or not they want to be made love to for eight hours? Is that even making love? Love? Yeah. For eight hours? <laughs> because honest to God, if someone's penetrating you for eight hours straight, I, you know, I, you know, I, if that's your thing, I, I welcome it. I, 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 you know, there's no, I'm not shaming you, whatever. Yeah. You, you're just, you're, you're, you're a better woman, man, person than I am. Because if you can go through eight hours of penetration nonstop, you deserve a gold medal of some kind. Okay, so the idea that somebody should need an erection that lasts eight hours is, is something that I, I think really speaks to these really, really arbitrary goals that we set up for ourselves. Like, this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to pleasure your woman uh -huh. this or your partner is to have an eight hour long erection. Yeah. Does somebody yeah. want you to have an eight hour long erection or do they really, would, would they really rather you kiss them all over their body in a way that is so intimate, that is so much more pleasuring to them than penetration? Have you asked them? You know, and, and again, this gets down to conversation and communication. I think communication around sex and intimacy is one of those things where it's so easy, so much easier to do 
than it is to talk about. I mean, so many of my clients have had so many sexual partners and cannot openly talk about what it is that they did or what mm-hmm. they desired. You can just yeah. see it in the way that they talk about it. There's like this secrecy and shame that they carry, even in talking about it with me. It's like, you know, like, you know, yeah, you know, we did it. Or yeah, we, you know, and I'm like, did it, it? Well, what are you talking about? You know, and I, I, I pointed out to them because I think it's important how the language is used. You know, it, it, the language around it is so essential mm-hmm. because that, that's, what they're, that's what they're downloading from this experience that they've had with their partner, their sexual partner is, you know, yeah, we did it. We did it. Did what? You know? Were you happy? Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel, you know, and these are these, I I feel like, and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I feel like if you can't talk about it, then the act of doing it is probably not going to be very progressive. Yeah, there is that piece. And I want to acknowledge that there are some people who have not been educated on how to talk about it they don't even how to um um and i've seen this even working with couples because i use um gottman and emotionally focused couples therapy the gottman is a little bit structured it'll give you questions to flow the emotional focus one it just flows for some people coming into therapy and getting them to talk they don't have words so the gottman is a tool i would use for them and then for those who are saying we don't want papers we just want to engage I weave into this other one. And all of them are good modalities. They have 40 plus years of research. So so people haven't been taught. And some people are very structured and some people are not structured. And that's why the work, this podcast, uh, the work that you're doing, getting this information out, it's crucial. Somebody will hear something and not hear something. They'll walk away with something. Guess what? Somebody's going to ask their partner, what is sex? Right. And they discover that whatever they were doing was not sex. So it wasn't even reaching what they were desiring. And the whole idea of going through the motions over and over and over and over, they didn't realize that can be traumatic. And guess what? Come and see Dr. Renee. That may be traumatic for you because you're doing something over and over. And therefore now sex is not pleasurable. That's exactly right. So... How do you help people identify, um, you know, those those people that are still in the bedroom, like the, the grandparents, the uncles, the teachers? Um, how do you help them identify that they're potentially the root of a problem that they're experiencing? Um, I do it indirectly. Um, I take um, um, an A4 sheet size paper, put it in portrait landscape, in landscape, uh, divided into three boxes on each section, um, um, put a heading at the top. First heading is, I want you to write down the messages you received about love when you were growing up as a child. Uh, secondly, the messages you received about self-worth growing up as a child. And the last one would be the messages you received um, um, about money. You'd be surprising what money can reveal about mm. you when you're yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, so as they begin to fill in this information, fill in this information, they'll begin to realize a whole lot of that stuff is showing up in their life right now. Mm. Uh, they'll begin to realize that stuff is showing up in their bedroom. And that is the, uh, the 2.0, the aha moment. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know this is why this was happening for them. And really, I tell people that, you know what? I'm going to take you to the mountain, but I'm not going to put you on my back and carry you up the mountain. You are going to do the work. So I'll walk you through. So for me, there you go. So for me, I'll take them to the base and them realizing that. And now the work is going to be them to say, hey, you know what? I see this showing up. I see this showing up. And so when that... um, um, the shortest path to, 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 to enjoying your sex life is understanding yourself. Uh, if you don't understand yourself, you won't enjoy your sex life. Mm. So once they begin to understand yourself, then it is a domino effect. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, 
sex is an integral part of who we are. It tells us about relationship to our bodies, our self-confidence, um, a whole lot of things. So those are some of the tools that I use among many other things, depending if I'm doing a, a workshop or if I'm sitting with you or a video course, if it's a video, it's a different one. If you're in the room, I tend to be animated as a therapist. Sometimes I get up and move around and do this and that. And I'm just weird in a therapy room. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of therapy. Sign me up. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. I mean, you know, there, there, there's nothing worse than a boring therapist, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, the, so Dr. Moyo, I have to ask you, you know, how do people, you, you're, you have such a special gift. And aside of being an affiliate of mine, a colleague of mine that I intend to work to for a long, long work with for a long time to come, how do people get in contact with you? What's the, what's the best modality for them to reach you? Because you, what you have to offer is so integral, not to just relationships, but to people's relationships with themselves, which mm -hmm. I think honestly is the first and foremost foundational brick to building any foundation of relationship. If you don't know self-love, you can't possibly describe or know what that feels like to another. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me online. We're in the digital space. Uh, on Instagram, Life Collective, uh, Life Collective Counseling, as in Life Collective um, Counseling. Um, for the American folks, it's counseling with two L's. Um, for the British folks, uh, you are okay. Stay with the two L's. I know <laughs> the American folks use one L. So Life Collective Counseling uh, on Instagram. My website as well is lifecollectivecounseling.com. You can find me there. There's a contact page. Professionals can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, just look for me, Kingsley Moyer. Um, I'm right there. You can find me there. Um, yeah, that's that's those are the digital spaces that you can. You're well, able I'm about I'm about to add you to an affiliate on the website for Live Treatment, where they can find you there as well. Because I can't think of a better gift to give to somebody than what you just walked me through, from the aha to the oh yeah, <laughs> that, that, I want everybody to experience that. And that the goal of sexuality and intimacy is passion. And that to me is my takeaway moment. Yes. I'm so I'm so grateful to have met you and to hear the, the very compassionate, individualistic way in which you deal with each person. Um, but that your holistic view is so profound and so aligned with someone understanding themselves and being able to shed layers of shame mm -hmm. and, 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 and generational trauma that does not belong to them so that they can carve away their identity, not wow. just sexually, yeah. but as beings in the world. So I yeah. thank you for all that you've shared today. I am so grateful to have met your acquaintance and to call you a very, very respected colleague. And Kingsley, uh, I, I have spoken to several sex therapists and coaches and um, what you share is so practical and so functional um, and, and is so usable and, yeah, blew all the others out of the water, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things we love to do on the show is uh, share the gift of music as well. Uh, and each episode we build on our playlist on Spotify where you can find that by searching Get Real with Dr. Ron A. Uh, and for this episode, Kingsley, what's your song? Oh, I have a fitting song. <laughs> yeah, you do. Salt and paper, let's take it back. Let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about you and me. But <laughs> all the good things. <laughs> that 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 would be my Spotify track that would, yeah, that resonates. Let's talk about it. Let's mm. normalize. We all are doing it. I tell you what, when I make love tonight, that'll be my soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs>
set the mood. That's your foreplay. There you, there you go. There you go. I'll be, you know, I'll be, no, no, no offense taken, but I'll be thinking of you in the background. Like, <laughs> the, goal, the goal here is passion. And let's, yeah, take, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. take, let's take it back. Let's take yeah, it back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Ronay, yourself? Oh my God. <laughs> what could be better than the friggin' amazing Marvin Gaye sexual healing? I mean, <laughs> I if you can't if you can't feel healed by that, well holy crap. But yeah. honestly, listen to that and then book a session with Kingsley. Because that, <laughs> if, nothing insp- if nothing inspires you to do that, that song will. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, my song uh, for this episode is from Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. Right. <laughs> so jump on Spotify and uh, search for Get Real with Dr. Ron A. And the meditation for this episode is Find Your Joy. You'll find that one on Insight Timer. Thanks for getting real with us, Dr. Ron A. Oh, you're so welcome. And I cannot wait to listen to our own soundtrack tonight while I make love. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bindi. Thank you, Donna Renee. This was an awesome and a pleasure to be here. I really enjoyed it. it it's an honor and a privilege to have colleagues that we could affiliate and create a network where we can give back and create sexual healing. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Dr. Ronay. If you've loved the show and would like to experience coaching with coaches like Dr. Ronay or Bindi through Live Treatment Concierge Services, visit livetreatmentvip.com. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.